This is New Bedford's news talk station, the place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Or open up the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And good morning. Happy Tuesday to you. And yes, I had to check the computer to make sure that I said the right day of the week. Well, that's okay. It's uh, it's always a little weird starting a new week off after a Monday holiday, but I hope that uh, everyone got a chance to get out there and have some Memorial Day memorials. Uh, I, I noticed that there was a lot of uh, individuals that were having their own memorials uh, in addition to the ones that were going on with the towns and the town parades and all of that, uh, just scrolling through social media I noticed there were a lot of folks who were kind of just going out to their own relatives' gravesides and having their own remembrances, maybe bringing some flowers or bringing some sort of a, a, a trinket, something to leave behind, and, of course, placing flags in the graves of veterans. So I hope that you got to uh, express your gratitude in that way. And, uh, and of course, we can always talk about that at 508-996-0500. What was the topic of last week? Well, we talked a lot about bears, and so I'm sure some of you are looking for a bear update here. It's 6.09 on Tuesday, May 30th, but uh, the bear update is I haven't seen anything about bears in a couple of days. Now, granted, I was you know, not home for most of the weekend, but I didn't see anything on social media except for there were some mentions I saw last evening of the bear being reported in a bear being reported in Middleborough. So I haven't seen anything that confirmed that. I haven't seen anything from the police, but I didn't look too intensely yet either. But this was from residents who were putting street addresses of where they had seen a bear. But we are going to get a bear update later on this morning because we're going to be joined by someone from Mass Wildlife to talk with us about the bears, about is it one bear? Are there multiple bears? Should we expect more of this? And, of course, we'll talk more about what to do when you encounter a bear. But I think that this is probably the the waning of the bear sightings, although it is. We are still a couple of weeks away until bear season, mating season, really kicks into high gear. So it could mean that if there are, if there are bears around here that are here, that aren't just wandering through the area, that we may see more sightings as the mating season begins. But we'll find out more about that a little bit later on this morning. And, of course, we can have our postmortem for the Celtics season. What happened last night? I mean, how do you fight so hard and have such a, a, a near-miraculous way to force a Game 7 and then just come out as horrid as the Celtics did last night? They played good defense in spurts. But they didn't play good defense when it mattered. More importantly, they couldn't sink a shot. And it was just brick after brick after brick. Yet they continued shooting three-pointers, despite the fact that they couldn't get a basket. No penetration, no attempts for 
you know, a mid-range shot. Nope. Let's just keep hoisting up. And you know what? If we're going to keep hoisting up three-pointers, let's let Al, let's let, let's just let Al Horford shoot them all, right? Like, granted, okay, I know that he can hit the three-point shot, but he, you shouldn't be depending on Al Horford three-pointers. And that shouldn't be the best shot that you're getting on a possession. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Celtics. If I was Brad Stevens, I would tinker rather than overhaul. There's been a lot of talk that, you know, Joe Missoula should get to pick his own staff and that that would make all the difference. I don't think that that had anything to do with it. He knows he knew those assistants. They worked throughout the course of the entire season together. It wasn't like Joe Missoula was, you know, brought on as the head coach a month before the playoffs. He had the whole season. And I saw a lot of people making excuses. Well, you know, Jason Tatum's ankle really limited the Celtics. That didn't make everybody else shoot bricks. That didn't make everybody else fail to step up. So while it's certainly part of it, and, I, you know, a 100% healthy Jason Tatum would have made a difference, I'm sure, the, the team just didn't show up when it mattered. Except Derek White. You you can't fault his effort. I mean, he did everything that he could. He tried to put that game on his back, but it was just too little too late. And I think getting blown out by, essentially by 20 points in a game seven of the Eastern Conference Finals signifies that there's there's something wrong with what you're doing. And I think that reliance on the three-pointer is certainly part of that. You've got great scorers. You've got Players who can get to the basket, utilize that. And and really, somebody's got to, whether it's Joe Mazzullo or somebody else, somebody's got to coach them out of the mindset that the minute that they get down, the only way to get back is three-pointers. That's reminiscent of the Jim O'Brien-led Celtics with Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce, where if they got into any, I mean, they were shooting three-pointers anyway, but if they got into any kind of deficit, they just had to launch threes until they cut it. And it was it was maddening. It was frustrating. Then it's even more frustrating now because you've got better players around you on this Celtics team than that Celtics team had around Pierce and Walker. No offense to the Eric Stricklands and the Tony Delks and the Tony Batiz of the world. But I will take... Rob Williams over Tony Batie, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon. I'll take all those guys over. Well, they, they, I mean, Strickland was pretty pretty good for your big shots when you needed them. Rodney Rogers was a hell of a player, too. You forget about who was on those teams. Anyway, that's uh, that's my Celtics talk for the morning because I don't know how much more I can discuss it. If you want to discuss it, we certainly can. 508-996-0500, but I, I'm not going to dwell on it. They really didn't have any business getting to that point. I'm glad that they did. I hope that it bolsters them in some way in the future, especially when they watch Miami go and get swept by the Denver Nuggets in the finals. Maybe they win a game, but probably not. And then they say, gee, well, that could have been us. We would have put up a better fight than that. 
I mean, I can tell you this much. I probably won't watch a minute of the NBA Finals. I couldn't care about two teams less than the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat at this point. It doesn't have any drama. It doesn't have any intrigue for me. But if you're a Heat fan, because I'm sure there are some of them around here because of the first, the Dwayne Wade, Shaq era, then the big three LeBron era, I guess congratulations to you. I mean, it is impressive when you think about it, how much they've been able to do with two of their top players sidelined. With, again, they've said this ad nauseum on the air with undrafted players carrying them there. But you also have to look at it and say, why aren't our two stars doing more? It wasn't just the Celtics defense that caused them to shrink. But good luck to you. Anyway, so again, we can talk about all that. Hey, maybe, maybe too, if you didn't win the tickets, maybe you bought tickets, but maybe you went to the Boston Calling Festival this weekend. Um, I went on Friday and Sunday. I was going to go Saturday, but I just, uh, Friday just wiped me out. And I think it was just because I was here, you know, early, never left, left right from here to go to the, to go to the festival. And so I think just by the end of the day, I was out of gas and that just wiped me out even more. Friday, uh, uh, I mean, uh, Saturday, I just kind of recuperated, watched the Celtics, tried to go to bed early because I knew I was going again on Sunday, meeting up with a friend and Sunday I was there much longer and did a lot more and didn't feel nearly as tired when I got home. In fact, I was kind of wired. It was hard to go to bed. But what a what a great festival. It's my first time going, and they did a great job of putting everything on. And from my understanding, I didn't, again, I didn't go Saturday. From my understanding, there was some sound issues Saturday night with Alanis Morissette. That kind of stuff happens. And some people are saying, well, there were sound issues, but that might have been covering up the fact that she didn't sound that good. I don't know about that because I've seen other friends who talked about how fantastic she was. And when I saw her last year, she was incredible. So I don't know. I'll have to ask, see if Kate or Phil Devitt or somebody else went on Saturday. But I, I went back on Sunday, got to see bleachers for the first time. And I'd only heard a little bit of them from my friend Katie, who is a big fan of theirs. And she had never seen them live. So we went together on Sunday And they blew me away. What a band. They really know how to put on a show. And now the the leader of the group is Jack Antonoff, who is a producer. Who's been involved with a lot of people. So I'm familiar with his work, but I wasn't familiar with his band. But it's, you know, they're from New Jersey. They have a lot of that, you know, that New Jersey Shore sound. Very much like, you know, Southside Johnny and the E Street Band. You know, two saxophone players. And just great stage presence. So watched his performance, watched their performance, walked around a little bit, caught some of the Marin Morris performance. Then we parked ourselves for Paramore, who was the headliner closing out Sunday. Again, a band I'm not that familiar with, but I figured everybody loves them, so let me check that out. And they put on a great show. The only problem was, is like we were surrounded by just nothing but kids. 
and kids who jumped up and down at every song and kids who were sadly taller than I was. So I was, you know, cranking my neck around trying to look around them. But uh, it was it was a great show, great performance. And I think everybody left. You know what I was most impressed about, too, is not a single problem the whole time that I was there. Everybody so nice, so considerate of one another. The, the festival itself so accommodating. It really is a... a a crown jewel event for the summer. And I also was thinking, you know, something like that, you could put on down here. You could have a festival of that magnitude. Especially if you held it like at UMass Dartmouth or something, you know. It's not like there's a whole ton of parking spaces around Harvard. There is public transportation, though. That made all the difference. That's certainly what I utilized. Between parking the two days, taking the tea, I spent less doing that than I would have spent parking at, say, a TD Garden or a Gillette Stadium. Far less. 12, about 20 bucks it cost me for the entire weekend. So you take into account the gas to get up there, you know, 50 bucks, which is less than you'll pay for parking at most facilities now. I think the last time I went to TD Garden for a concert, I think it was 30 bucks, if that sounds right, 30 bucks to park at the garage. And then maybe, maybe it was a little bit more, maybe it was like 34 and I've, I've never paid to park at Gillette Stadium. All the years I covered the Patriots, it was a free parking situation. They give you a parking pass. And then when I've gone to concerts, I've never gotten close enough to the stadium to park. I don't know. That might not be true. Nope. No, I was in a satellite lot. The three concerts I've been there, I was in a satellite lot. So I don't know what the full price of parking there is, but I'm sure that's, you know, right around that price, if not more. But anyway, if you went and you want to share some of your thoughts and experiences, 508-996-0500. And of course, we will uh, always take your app chat messages on the WBSM app. Right now, though, I'm going to take my first break. Be back in a few moments. <laughs> back in 508-996-0500 or you can hit us up on app chat on the wbsm app you can also send in your open line voicemails on the wbsm app sometimes it's easier to record what it is that you want to say and send it in to us and you can do that on our app which is brought to you by our friends at south coast towing make sure that you have all of those great features everything from the alarm clock to wake you up to live traffic and weather to breaking news alerts and everything in between uh we did get an app chat message in from bob in new bedford who is one of our winners 
of the Boston Calling tickets. Uh, he says, good morning, Tim. Boston Calling was great. Thank you to WBSM for the tickets. Other than it being a bit hot, the music was great. And wow, what incredible food. I also wish we could have something like this in our area. Have a great day. You have a great day as well, Bob. Uh, but I will say, yeah, the food surprised me. I didn't eat at the festival. Um, I just wasn't hungry. And I think, you know, Bob mentioned the heat. I think that was part of it. I didn't find it to be overly hot, though. Like, it was warm for sure. But on I didn't go Saturday. Saturday was apparently the warmer day. But when I went on Sunday, there was a nice breeze coming across the, the fields all throughout the time I was there. And then it cooled down by the evening. Friday was perfect weather. Uh, it was about 72 degrees, I think, when I got there. So it's not too warm at all. Uh, but the food options that they had, I was taking a look at the menu. And, you know, you think to yourself, $9 for a cheeseburger, that's not that much money. And I was looking at what they were putting out, and it, was, it wasn't like it was small, tiny portions. And a lot of the prices were pretty good. I know Jessica Machado said she had some dumplings there. Um, but there were some other folks that I saw that had some pretty interesting food choices that didn't cost very much. And a beer was, I think, eleven fifty or twelve fifty, depending on what you got, which that's $5 less than you would pay at most places. And it was more drink than you would get because they were giving you the, the tall boy cans. The only thing that we partook in was uh, Katie and I on Sunday each had a, a, a twisted tea. Because we figured we should have a drink, and those were, I think, twelve fifty each, which isn't terrible compared to what you pay at concerts and, and Boston Red Sox games and things of that nature. So the food options were, and and when I was leaving on Friday night, I was walking by the food tents, and the woman working there was yelling out like, "Buy a cheeseburger, get free tots," you know, "Buy this, get free that." So they were. They were not afraid to try to clear out some of that stuff that they'd probably prepared already. You know, they probably put a bunch on the grill and had leftovers. So why not package it together in some kind of a deal? But it just it, it impressed me how much it was about providing and not gouging. Yeah, I, I was there as well on Sunday and um, they were actually just handing out Red Bulls to people leaving. Just yep. here, have a Red Bull. Yeah. And <laughs> so I was in, you know, I sat and I went to a different area. Okay. But they were handing out water bottles to everybody and walking around with candy and, mm -hmm. you know, like it really was like more about making sure people were okay. Yeah. I got free popcorn, you know, it was very well, very well done. Yeah. What was your favorite part of the, the whole weekend? Oh goodness. That's tough. Um, I, you know, the classic nineties kid in me just, I loved the Foo Fighters and the, um, and Alanis. The, the sound wasn't, you know, perfect on Saturday, but they fixed it. So there were there were some issues. There were a couple issues. And it was more sound issues in her performance because I've heard both things. Yeah, it it was, um, it just seemed like her mic was kind of cutting in and out. Um, but I, they, they ended up, it ended up being okay. I think they fixed it. They gave her a new mic and stuff. But yeah, Foo Fighters could not have been more perfect. Yeah, Foo Fighters, they were fabulous. That was just like everything that I was hoping for. Exactly. All right, well, not, not to have to give you a tough act to follow there, Kate, but let's go into the newsroom now and get the news from Kate Robinson. 9 people are hurt after a shooting in Hollywood, Florida. NBC's Alyssa Hyman reports it happened last night in Hollywood on the Hollywood Beach boardwalk. 
According to police, at least nine people were shot and injured and rushed to the hospital. At least three of them were minors, one of them as young as a one-year-old baby. Police say eight of those shot are in stable condition, including a one-year-old. The ninth victim underwent surgery, and there's no word on their condition. Elsewhere in Florida, three people are hurt after a shooting in Orlando. That happened last night, not far from Camping World Stadium. A deal is in place, but it's not done yet. Washington Democratic Representative Adam Smith believes President Biden has made the right contributions. I think President Biden did about the best he could do in a very difficult situation. Biden and House Speaker McCarthy are hitting the phones today to sell the debt ceiling deal they struck to holdouts within their respective parties. The House is expected to vote Wednesday on the bipartisan deal that raises the nation's debt limit for the next two years. It then needs to pass the Democratic-controlled Senate before the June 5th deadline to ask, act or risk default. Russia claims drones hit Moscow residential areas for the first time since Russia invaded Ukraine. More from Mark Mayfield. The mayor of Moscow says the strikes today caused damage to some buildings and forced residents to evacuate homes. It comes four weeks after Russia claimed that drones had targeted the Kremlin in what it says was an assassination attempt on President Vladimir Putin. I'm Mark Mayfield. Maine State Police say a trooper fired at a truck headed toward the Canadian border, believing there may have been explosives on board. It happened Monday morning when the trooper first tried to stop the truck on I-95 in Holton. The truck reportedly had a sign indicating there was an explosive device on board. The truck eventually stopped between the U.S. and Canadian ports of entry when the trooper fired at the driver, who wasn't injured, and surrendered. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton's impeachment trial is set to start no later than August 28th. State Rep. Andrew Murr is chair of the investigative committee and one of the Republican impeachment managers handling the proceedings. This is about facts and this is about evidence. And at the end of the day, my colleagues and I will not stand for public corruption. Twelve House members delivered the articles of impeachment to the state Senate on Monday. Seven Republicans and five Democrats will prosecute the case. Paxton, a Republican, is temporarily suspended after the GOP-controlled Texas House voted overwhelmingly Saturday to impeach him on charges including abuse of office and obstruction of justice. The trial will determine whether Paxton should be permanently removed from office. Iowa Governor Kim Reynolds is issuing a disaster proclamation for Scott County after an apartment building partially collapsed in Davenport. The measure lets victims apply for grants of up to $5,000 for households affected by the collapse. It also helps victims get in touch with disaster case managers to get guidance or services for recovery. The opening bell rings this morning as a shortened trading week kicks off. Markets were closed Monday for Memorial Day. On Tuesday, investors will be keeping an eye out for data on consumer confidence as well as the Case-Shiller Home Price Index. The ADP employment report is due Wednesday along with earnings results from GameStop, followed by weekly jobless claims on Thursday. And a woman who brought a raccoon into a Maine Petco store to get a nail trim may have exposed multiple people to rabies. Several people touched the raccoon and some even kissed the animal while the woman waited for service. Once the Auburn store manager found out about the raccoon, she asked the lady to leave. 
Wildlife officials say it's illegal to possess wildlife in Maine and urged the public to leave raccoons alone. In sports, the Celtics couldn't beat the Heat. After becoming just the fourth team in NBA history to force a Game 7 despite losing the first three games, Boston lost to Miami 103-84. to The finals kick off Thursday with the Heat versus the Nuggets in Denver. And the Red Sox take on the Cincinnati Reds at Fenway Park tonight. Now for a look at your local forecast from ABC6. Well, today we're going to be sunny, but a bit hazy. And that's just because we have wildfire smoke moving in from Nova Scotia throughout the day. We do have an onshore wind out of the east. And so that means it'll be cooler along the coastline, but further warmer as we head inland. For us, we're going to be in the mid to upper 60s today. Overnight tonight, low 40s. And for tomorrow, partly cloudy skies, high in the low 70s. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station. 1420 WBSM. At the moment, it is 47 degrees and sunny. I'm Kate Robinson for WBSM News. Stay up to date with WBSM, New Bedford's News Talk Station, and get breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. Breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. And welcome back in 508-996-0500. And uh, I wanted to follow up on the second part of uh, Bob in New Bedford's app chat message before the news where he said um, he wished that we could have something like the Boston Calling Festival down here. And I think that it is possible. I think what what benefits that location is you have a large field space that is closed in, fenced in already. And you don't really have that in a lot of other places. So I think that the the structural components of the Harvard Athletic Complex is what lends itself to that. You have enough space and it's all fenced in. Because I walked the perimeter of the entire festival area and there were fences all around. So I think that that's probably what makes it such an attractive spot. Otherwise I think, you know, it's, you'd rather see something at a place where there's more parking available close by, or, I mean, it's not like there's a, a lack of things to do along the way. There's multiple bars and restaurants and little shops to stop into on your way, walking from the train station to the, festival grounds through the athletic complex, but you're, you're definitely walking. Um, I know somebody who I was meeting up with on Friday who said that he actually got a parking space on a side street, very close to the athletic complex Friday afternoon. I didn't bother to check with him to find out if his car was still there when he went back out Friday night. But I think that that's part of what's, you know, what would limit us down here is that we don't have a well-fenced-in area like that. We would have to erect fencing. And then you've seen instances before where that doesn't always work uh, in the festival setting. Look at Woodstock, right? <laughs> Multiple times. So I think that, you you know, it would take a lot of work to put something like that on. And certainly it might not be of the same scale as, as the Boston Calling is, but you could still put on something that could be everything all in one space as opposed to you know, other things where it's been, say, the Folk Fest, where there's different things going on downtown or other festivals where you go to different spots. You know, the more that you could concentrate it in one area, 
the more attractive it might be and the easier it might be to handle. But, we, you know, somebody's got to step forward and do it. As Mayor Mitchell says uh, when he comes on the program, the city will support anybody that has an idea as long as the person that has the idea is the one willing to do the work. That you can't just come up with an idea and hand it over to the city and expect them to do it all. And the same goes for anything that would happen in the region. You can't just come up with an idea and turn it over and expect somebody else is going to make it happen. But again, I don't think you'll get something to the extent of what's going on in Boston, nor, nor would you want to. Why would you want to take away, you know, the shine of what that is? But it wouldn't hurt to have something of a similar nature. 508-996-0500. You know, if you went and if you had a good time, you can share your thoughts. If you had a bear sighting over the weekend or you know where the bear was over the weekend, let us know. Again, we'll be joined by... And we, we got the, the, the person that you want to speak to from Mass Wildlife. We have joining us later on in the program, uh, Dave Waddles, who is a black bear and fur bearer biologist with Mass Wildlife. So if anybody could talk to us about bears, about whether or not there are multiple bears, about whether or not we can expect more bears, it will be Dave Waddles. So he'll join us in the 8 o'clock hour uh, after the 8.30 news to talk about that a little bit more in depth. And if you can't catch that, of course, we'll always have the podcast for you. And uh, I've got a feeling that whatever Dave has to say to us about the bears today, I'll probably follow that up with an article later on because the bears are still, you know, the most important thing on our website. It's still what people are, want to read about the most. So uh, we'll we'll make sure that we add that to our, not only to our website, but also we'll add it to our bear tracker map and our list of bear stories that we have up there. It's amazing to me how many people are still on that bear map, even though we haven't had an update to it for a couple of days because we haven't had a reported sighting for a couple of days. The last that I'd heard about the bear locally here was being in Wareham on Friday. And then I haven't seen confirmed reports, but I'll keep checking throughout the course of the morning and see what I can find. 508-996-0500. Going to take another break and be back in a few moments. Damn. Forty-six in the morning. Little space hog. What a what a great song! And I actually I used to use that as a ringtone on my phone. Remember when you could you could uh, program in? I mean, you still can. Maybe I don't do it. Maybe you still do it, but I don't do it anymore. Uh, my phone is on silent pretty much all the time. I was taking a nap yesterday so that I could stay awake for the Celtics game. My fault. Should have known better. But uh, when I was, you know, taking a nap, I woke up and I had a, a missed call from my dad. And he said, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry that I called. I hope I didn't wake you up. And I was like, no, no, I, my phone's on silent all the time. And I was thinking it's probably not the best way to do things, but it's, it's easier than remembering to turn it down every time I come into the studio or I'm in a place where I can't have my phone ring. But I remember when 
you know, phones having the ability to play MP3s as ringtones became a thing. And it was just the greatest thing to me for the longest time. Coming up with all these different obscure things I could make for my song, my uh, my uh, ringtone song, or for my text message sound. So I had, for a while, my text message sound was Willy Wonka playing the flute to call the Oompa Loompas. The and it would go off and people would hear that. I was one of the first people I knew to have the Super Mario grabbing the coin sound too. And then everybody started doing it. I guess they made it like a, a regular one. I was like, well, now I'm not the only one that has it anymore. So now when I hear it, I think it might be my phone. And so the people's phones. So that's when I changed it to, to the Willy Wonka one. And I had that for a while. And then I went with um, the little digital from the cars uh, moving in stereo. And so, you know, those were kind of what I focused on more than the ringtone itself. Uh, I, I wanted to have that text message sound that would be unique that it, I wouldn't get confused with somebody else's. And uh, but I remember like cutting down songs and making them into ringtones for people with my, because I had an audio editing program. Doing the Spooky South Coast podcast, I had to edit the audio. So I was making ringtones for people. They'd say, hey, if I, you know, if I want a song, and it was easy because you could just download the songs back then or rip them from the CD and cut them down and make them a ringtone. I don't know if people still do that. I don't know if it's still a thing. I don't really hear people's phones go off anymore. My, I do have a ringtone on my phone. I have the In Search Of theme, that old show with uh, Leonard Nimoy. Year, I put that on years ago. And just have never changed it because my phone never rings. But if I'm, you know, in the car and it's on Bluetooth, that will play over the speakers. And then I know it's a phone call because why else would you be hearing the in search of theme? So it, it works out well for me, but might not be the same for you. But at one point I had uh, In the Meantime by Space Hog, that song I just played as a ringtone. And... I would hear that, and I kind of have that like on a loop, and I'd be like, "What's that sound? What's that? What's what's that?" And then it would take me like, by the time I realized it was my phone ringing, I I would have missed the call. So it wasn't wasn't the best choice for a theme song for a for a uh, ringtone. I still remember the first MIDI ringtone that I bought from, I guess. Voice stream? Is that what it was right before it was T-Mobile? It went through a couple of different things. I've been with them since I got a cell phone. So since like 1998, 99, whenever I got my first cell phone. Actually, I think it was 97. I think it was the spring of 97. And before then, it was like cell one or something. And then it became voice stream. And then it became T-Mobile. So going all the way back to that, I, I got my first... Nokia phone Nokia my first Nokia phone and it had a, the, the case with flame, flames on it that I would press a button and the little uh, the part that would go over the buttons and the mouthpiece would like slide down like some James Bond stuff and then uh, it played I had downloaded and paid for the Simpsons theme as my MIDI ringtone because I was super into the Simpsons at the time I had a whole room in my house that was dedicated to the Simpsons and that was my first MIDI ringtone. And I think the only MIDI ringtone I ever bought. But we've come a long way since then. 
now nobody has to hear it when I when my phone goes off. So you're all fortunate for that. All right, 508-996-0500 or app chat on the WBSM app or open line voicemail on the WBSM app if you want to chime in and get involved in the conversation. A reminder, too, that coming up is the 8th annual Lemonade Day here on the South Coast. It's proudly brought to you by Bay Coast Bank. This beloved event returns Saturday, June 24th. You can register today at southcoastlemonadeday.org and your kids will be on their way to being small business owners and earning their own money. Lemonade Day is made possible with community support from JT Realty Insurance Group, Precise Incorporated, Somerset Country Wine and Spirits, A&M Driving School, and 7-Eleven in Mattapoisett. And you know, the other day someone sent me a, a, an email and said, does it matter if I register for South Coast Lemonade Day or can my kid just put out a lemonade stand on that day? And of course your kid can just put out a lemonade stand, but that's all that you're doing if you do that is just putting out a lemonade stand. You're not taking part in the program. You're not getting on the map to drive people to come to and visit your lemonade stand. And you're not getting all of the educational materials that come with it that teach the kids about how to run their own business. So, yeah, you don't have to register if you don't want to, but it's free to do so. And you get all kinds of great promotional materials out of it and learning materials as well as getting on our map. We don't know that you're having a lemonade stand unless you register at southcoastlemonadeday.org. So we don't know to put you on our map. And you won't go on our map unless you did register at southcoastlemonadeday.org. So do that. It's easy. It's free. It only takes a couple of minutes. And you get a lot of materials to help you uh, teach your kid about business through their lemonade stand. All right. going to take my final break of the hour. Be back in a few moments. to William in New Bedford who sent in an app chat message saying televisiontunes.com has everything downloadable and uh, while I can't you know advocate people going there and downloading things illegally it looks like they have uh, some pretty fun stuff on that site I just clicked on it and I saw oh my gosh they have the Dallas disco song which um, you you we hear a lot of that stuff in the 70s. Not not that I was alive. I was born in 78, so I don't remember the 70s very much. But they would take popular things and make disco songs about it. And certainly Dallas was hugely popular in the late 70s. So why not make a, a disco Dallas song? So that's up there along with a bunch of other stuff, too, uh, that you can check out. Some old game show sound effects and music and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, you just put me down a rabbit hole, William that I'm going to be spending the rest of the day going through. Uh, because if it's one thing I know, it's TV theme songs from the 70s, 80s, and into the 90s. In fact, I was talking about this with uh, Jessica Machado and her husband, Jeff. We were on the train together heading up to Boston Calling on Friday, and we talked about how we, both Jeff and I, can like name any TV theme song. So I think that that's probably 
uh, a hidden talent that most people don't ever want me to have to uh, expose. <laughs> but we used to get the CD when I was a kid, you know, television's greatest hits. And I would listen to that over and over again. And like, it's just a weird thing to want to know TV theme songs, but I, I knew them all. And I could name the show based on the theme song. I could name the theme song for the show. At one point, I could say who sang it, who wrote it. I mean, I was deep into that topic for some reason. And where did it get me in life? Absolutely nowhere. With all the dumb stuff rattling around in my brain, I've never even bothered to go and start a trivia team. But, but maybe I should. Maybe I should because I got to get all this stuff out of my brain somehow. So maybe someday we'll have a, a TV theme song day. Someday when there's not much, you know, going on in the world to talk about, maybe we can spend some time playing some old TV theme songs and seeing if you can guess what they are. But they still, things pop into my brain randomly. And one of the things that randomly pops into my brain quite a bit is the theme song to Mr. Belvedere. And if I played that for you, you might not even know that that was a TV theme song by hearing it. You might think it's just a regular Leon Redbone song. But nope, it was a theme song and it was 